I hurt my back this week. I was doing some uh, exercises at the gym, and so I, I'm going to be sitting today. I just kind of strained it just a little bit, so I'm going to be just kind of having a conversation with you, if that's okay. Um, today, we are going through vision of what God is uh, speaking to, well, I would say just uh, started about a year and a half ago to my heart. God, just where, where do you want us to go as a church? Lord, I know that there's another step for us. What are some things that you are uh, doing in us? What's the next step? And really, I didn't know what it was. I was just asking the question, God, help me to know the right questions to ask, right? I mean, I, you know, we want the right answers, and to have the right answers, you got to have the right questions. Well, I didn't even know the right questions. Lord, where do, where's the next step for us? Lord, teach me. Help me to have understanding and gain some insight. And it's been about a year and a half long process of just praying and asking for God's wisdom and direction for our church as we are continuing to expand. And uh, over the last six months, uh, God has really, really been expanding my vision uh, through conversation, through answers in prayer, and through uh, leaders who are over me and speaking into my life, and, and with our team and our board and with our leadership. And it's just been an affirmation and confirmation and and we're moving in a, a greater unity. We are seeing things happening now that have, are setting the, the, the foundation for what is about to come. And I really, really believe that we are at that tipping point where God has just put us to the threshold to walk into a new arena or new area of our church. And I'm really excited. And today, during the sermon time here, about 30 minutes, is going to be an introduction to uh, our business meeting. We don't like to say business meeting. It's more of a celebration. Uh, we, we like to celebrate all that God is doing, and there's some things that will be happening there. But this right now is the introduction. I want you to come back. We'll be starting right at 1230. It's a potluck. Bring something. If you don't want to bring something, don't have to. If you forgot it, it doesn't matter. The most important thing is that you're here. We want everybody to be here because this, I'll tell you right now, is the biggest most influential Sunday that we've had as in the existence of our church. This Sunday is the biggest moment for New Life Northview Church that we have had since the day that we began. I can't stress enough how much that we are, are making some shifts and changes in our church that are going to uh, launch us into a, a new season. And I'm excited. I am uh, I'm ready. And we are making preparations for uh, allowing God to move in His way and uh, protecting the DNA of what we started our church out to be. Uh, and so there's lots of things that we're going to be talking about today. So I want to encourage you to just come and be a part of that um, at 12 or just stay after don't leave just stay right we'll be uh we'll be taking all the chairs out of here we'll be putting uh, tables in here and we'll be serving food and having kind of a just a cool atmosphere of us doing it. it's the first time we've ever done it this way it'll be a lot of fun and we'll uh, have some testimonies and we'll share together what god is doing personally in your lives as well as in the church and uh direction and things like that so it's gonna be a great time hope you can uh, stick around for that because it's really gonna be a lot of fun i'm gonna ask uh, my vanna white to come forward and She's going to help me. Let's give my wife a round of applause. She's so great. I'm, I'm thankful for her. I would not be here if it wasn't for her. And uh, she is more than a helpmate to me. She, today she's going to be, well, I don't want to say Vanna White, but you'll be helping me. 
I'm going to try not to tie up your hair. As we saw in the video, and we were talking about vision, it's hard to have vision when you can't see. It's hard to have vision if you don't know which direction you're headed. Especially if your life is kind of just turning around and around, and we just seem to be spinning in circles, and all of a sudden, north becomes south, south becomes west and east, and we just don't know what the heck we're doing. And sometimes churches can operate that. We, we just are spinning plates. And, and going around, you're not dizzy. You're, you're, you're fine. And I'm getting dizzy watching her. Yeah, just keep going. You're good. You're good. Seriously, don't fall. Um, but what we are looking for is not our vision, but God's vision. What our prayer is, is that we don't just have an idea or a plan and that we just go by it ourselves. Because if we do that, it's futile. Hey, we're taking steps, but they're not in any sort of direction. We're just going around. We're making effort. We're doing movements. Hey, we're, 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 we're moving around, we, but we're not going anywhere. We're done. You're good. So, she's not done yet. What I want you to do, oh, you really are dizzy. I'm sorry. I'll hold on to your arm. Okay. I want you to throw this to Mitch. Oh, I can hear him. That's okay. You know, kind of, well, that was close, but it wasn't quite there. You can toss that all the way up here. Oh, look at that. Good job, Randy. You, you threw that perfectly because you saw me. You had vision. Now I want you to look right at Randy. That's kind of a hard, far throw. Okay. See if you can make it to him over there. Well, hey, it was in line. It was going right to you, but that was a lot better. Thank you, Charlie. Simple illustration that we've got to have vision to know where we are going, to make the next steps. You know, that's why we rely upon God's word, because his lamp is light up to our feet, and we are able to take the next steps where we need to go. Keeps us from stumbling and tripping and falling. His word guides us and directs us. And as we look to God's word, we use that to help give us vision. God speaks to us through his, through his word. And the church is a God-ordained um, God ordained, what's the word I'm looking for? That's the body, family, yes, institution, if you want to say that. And this is something that God wants to protect. And as we come together, we're in unity, we're in agreement, we pre we're prepared to move, to motivate, to be greater impact. All of us are here because we want to make a greater impact, not just in our lives, but in the lives of others. And the best, most possible way that we could do that is with each other. You can go so much further when you have someone with you. The body of Christ is powerful and it is a moving, motivating force that you're a part of. And it's necessary for you to be here and, and give. And it's necessary for you to uh, be given to. It's a partnership of giving and receiving. Giving what God has given you, and you give it to other people, and we give back to God. It's just a beautiful thing that we get to spur each other on and do so much in our community. But we've got to have vision. In Proverbs, it's, uh, it talks about where there is no vision, the people perish. Or prophetic vision. Depends on what version you, you're using. But it's important for us to have vision from God where we're headed. 
at John, uh, Joshua chapter 15, we've been going through the series of Joshua. It's been fantastic. Joshua chapter 15, we see that it's an allotment for Judah. And they're splitting up all the land, and this is the inheritance they're able to live in. The enemy uh, has been driven out, and now they're, they're able to live in the inheritance, and it's all broken up, and it's shared. And I can't help but think that when we look at the book of Joshua, it's written by Joshua, and it's named after its author, Joshua. We see, when we think about Jericho, we think about the walls of Jericho falling because of Joshua and crossing the, the, uh, the Jordan River with Joshua. But it wasn't Joshua that did it. It was Joshua and the Israelites. They were together. It wasn't just Joshua who shouted praise to God that made the walls fall. It was the Israelites who were in agreement, who were together, and shouted praise to God that, that had the victory. They all shared in the victory as they went in faith and crossed the Jordan into a new territory. They all went into faith as they came into battle. They all suited up with uh, armor and with swords and were prepared to fight so when i see that that speaks to us in our church that we are a motivating moving powerful force when we are together big things happen when we are in unity and we're together and it's a great thing to increase our capacity and i believe that god has been speaking to me about the the capacity as we move forward in the future of this church. The three things that we saw is that we, they moved in unity. All of them said, hey, I agree. Joshua, we are going forward. We are going to pursue this land. And we're going to build each other up. We're going to move as one. We're not going to do separate things. We're not going to do these. We are one body. And we're going to move as one. They also moved in faith. Hey, listen, they couldn't have brought the, the walls of Jericho down with their voices alone because it wasn't their vo voice or tone of voice that did it. It was God using their voice. And they believed in faith that God would do that. It was ridiculous. It was absurd. It had never done, been done before. I believe as we move forward, we have the same type of faith. We are going to pursue things that has never been done before in this community. I believe that God will use us and use this church to do things that the community hasn't seen before. Agreeing and being in unity and pursuing God in faith and all that he has for us and the blessings that he has. They were prepared. They were prepared to fight. They were prepared to go. They were prepared to battle. They knew it mentally. They had their hearts set into it. And they, they moved together. It was something that they were prepared to go for since before they crossed the Jordan River. And as our church, we are making preparations to go forward. And since the beginning, I believe that God has prepared us one step to the next step to the next step. And he is preparing us for this next phase, which is going to be, um, I believe, the most fruitful season in our church's history. And he has prepared our church for right now what is coming up um, into this next sta stage. I believe that this is going to be a, a great, uh, uh, it's going to be a fun season for us and God has been laying the foundation for us and as we continue to move as a force in unity and pre preparedness and faith God's going to show himself more and more I'm going to read through some uh, scripture verses that's going to kind of direct us and intro us to this afternoon Jeremiah 29 11 it's a really popular verse it says this for I know 
the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He doesn't just simply state it. He declares this. Listen, I know for a fact that I've got plans for you. And when I read this, I'm reading this about you, and I'm reading this about our church, because the church is made up with you. And our church is made up of us together. Plans, it's not to harm you. He's not the bad guy. He's not the enemy. He is the one that prepares the way, and he fights the battles for us, and he gives us plans to, for a hope and a future. Our future, if it's in God's hands, it, there is, it's full of hope. That's where this church is headed, into that area. And I believe that the hope is that there's a greater harvest that's ahead of us. Right now, we are living in the greatest season of harvest in Utah history. There is amazing, wonderful things that are happening now that those who ministered in Utah years and years ago would have loved to minister in this season. We get to be in this blessed season where people are coming to know Jesus in a, in a dynamic way. And I'm going to be honest and be frank that there are the, the LDS of faith, the, the people are coming in, Mormons, who are, they have never seen this many people come into church, a Christian church, as never before. There is a shift, there is a change, and there is uh, something happening that they are searching for more. They are searching for the God of Israel. They are searching for Jesus Christ in Him as their Lord and Savior. This is what we are about. We live in a community where the gospel of, needs to be preached in a dynamic manner where they see it in a different view. And when I say the, they, I am talking that we have a mission field, and it is our LDS friends and family. And I want to emphasize they are, they are our friends, they are our family, they are never our enemy. We are not going to be a church that will blast the Mormon faith. We will not talk negatively or condemn them. We simply offer that Jesus Christ loves them and has given them full grace and forgiveness on His name in His name alone. We give them something different and it's the love of God that is simply provided for them, that they don't have to earn it to receive it, but it is a gift by faith that they can have it. We love our Mormon community. And I know that they've changed that so we could say our LDS community. And if you're LDS with us today and you're visiting, we want you to know that we have never set into motion that we will talk badly about you or that we will say anything in a, in a, con a condemning manner, but that we simply love you. And we love Jesus. That's the core focus, is Jesus and Jesus alone. That's the gospel message. Simply and always that. You know, we have missionaries. We send them. We had uh, Jay Reisner come to our church last week, and it was wonderful. And he does amazing things in, in Africa and all over the world. But you know, there are missionaries that are out there in the foreign field that don't have the type of statistics that we do here as far as... We live in a above 90% uh, LDS faith in where we're at. Some of our missionaries have a, a, a more of a Christian influence where they're at. So we have to see that this church really is in the mission field. You're a missionary. If you're in this church, you are a missionary. You represent Christ. You re represent something different. You represent something unique. You represent the love of Christ. You re represent our church. Our church 
represents Christ. We speak not of ourselves. Our influence is not about you. The way that you walk, the way that you talk, is no longer identified with what you want, what you desire, and what you have to offer, but it is God's desires and what He has for you and what He's molding and shaping you to be. This does not mean that we are perfect and we are not a perfect church, but we do look to the perfecter of our faith. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and we preach that, and we try and live that to the best of our abilities in our life. We are, are people who desire God to make us and mold us into the image of Jesus Christ. Do you not say, John 4, that there are four months, then yet comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes. Take off the blindfold. And see that the fields are white for harvest. And he is speaking to this church that is to you, and I want to say you as an emphatic, your name, that's you, that's me, that's us. And if the harvest is ripe and it's ready, what a great opportunity that we do not want to miss. God forgive us if we miss the opportunity when the harvest is ripe. Because God is doing the preparation out there already, and He's the one that's creating the ripe harvest, not us. Our job is easy. All we get to do is present Jesus, and at that moment, they're ready. You don't need to go into a theological debate with them. It's an invitation, and they're waiting for that invitation. This church represents an invitation. You represent an invitation. And honestly, the challenge for us, and I want to say this, is uh, I want to challenge every single person to give a personal invitation. Bring someone to church. If you haven't done that yet, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. Step through that barrier, and let's invite someone. It might be challenging. It might be the scariest thing you've done. But once you've done it, you'll be like, that wasn't so hard. The number one way that we can be the best influence in our community is you. The number way, one way that people come to church is when they're invited. Statistics are out there. It's more than 70% you invite somebody to come to church, they're going to come. We want to be, be sure that we are invitational to the harvest. And all we do is we let God do what He's going to do here. We pray for His Holy Spirit. I am so thankful for Jay Martin. Jay Martin comes in here, and he sets up chairs. And I love it because he does it perfectly, and it calms my OCD. And I don't want to say OCD. I'm just a man who knows what he wants, and Jay knows what I knows what I want, and these chairs are lined up perfectly, and, and he does that in, in the middle of the week, and he he prays, he prays for these seats, he prays over people. So when you bring someone, when you invite someone, they're already being prayed for. We may not know their name, but guess who does? God does. He already knows the harvest, and he already knows their name. And we come in here, and with you present, and with Christ's Spirit in you, and the Holy Spirit in you, and us diversity. Man, the power and the presence of God. You know how many times we hear the presence of God was so thick in there? You know what? It's not us. But it's Christ in us. And that builds and builds and builds. And you can't come through those doors when we come and express our heart with honesty, with all of who we are, and say, God, we just love you. 
man, people feel and sense the presence of God like it's, uh, they've never felt before. That takes every single one of us. The harvest is extremely ripe. My, my dad would pastor, he planted a church in Kaysville in 1993 and, and, and uh, pastored that for 16 years. And it was a, it was a great thing. And ministry is still happening. Uh, even though the church there is uh, moved into a merge with another church, the, the people are what ministry is. The church is never about the building. It's about the people. I would never be here if it wasn't for that church in Kaysville. There are several people who are ma- still making an impact and difference in people's lives because of that but that was a challenging season in the 90s and be, and before that and we should be thankful for those pioneers who prepared helped prepare the the seeds of faith in people's lives in this community for now because we are reaping what they sowed and we are in a blessed season an opportunity is huge for that and i'm so thankful for them past and for what we have now what we've been given luke 10 says, he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are, f- are few. Statistically, we're reaching less than 1% of our community right now. Even though our church is growing, and there's some exciting things happening, there's a lot of work to do. And that's upon us. And that's a great responsibility. It's a great challenge. And it should be something that causes that adventurous spirit inside of us. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. You are the laborers. We have a job. We have a mission to go and make disciples. Jesus Christ, we'll go back to the, vi- the, the vision. He, all, he had a vision. From the time that he came, he had a strategy. He had a plan. There was a goal. And it was never to just stay here on earth. The goal was to redeem mankind by going to the cross and through his resurrection. That was his ultimate goal. It was his strategy. It was his plan. And the same thing, he left for us a goal. It's to make disciples. It's not for the religious elect. It's not for just the evangelists and the, and, and, and the um, apostles. It's for every single person who has knelt down and said, Lord, I want you to be mine. That moment we surrender is the moment we surrender to him and being an influence to others. There's not a 10-year a period where you prove yourself to say, okay, now you can be your disciple. The moment you say yes to God is the moment you say yes to being a disciple maker, a discipler. Maybe we've made it too hard in our community of faith to say, hey, I'm not good enough to make disciples. I hardly feel like a disciple myself. I don't think that that's how Jesus intended it. I don't think he said you have to be, per- be perfect before you can do this. Basically, a disciple means creating learners for Christ. And the moment you give your life to God, you have learned something. And all you have to do is share what you've learned. The moment you say yes to Christ is the moment, moment you have learned something, and you, that is the moment you are to share what you've learned. That is how you become a disciple maker. And the church itself, which is meant uh, and, and, uh, uh, of, of people, of us, we should be a disciple-making machine. The whole agenda for the church is not Sunday morning. This is the launching point for you. Equip, empower, teach, and instruct 
inspire, build faith, learn, grow, be sent. We are sent off into the mission field. Your work is the mission field. Maybe your husband is your mission field. Your kids, your neighbor, your community. This place is the place where we come together in agreement, unity, and be prepared to go out for battle and for the harvest. With the power of the Holy Spirit, we believe in what God is doing in you and through you. Let your voice be made known. Let God's voice be made known in you and through you. This Vision Sunday is all about this, the next harvest, the season where our church is at. And and to do that, we must change the way that we think. And I love what Isaiah 54, 2 says. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the capacity of your thinking, of your realm, of your influence. The tent that you have, enlarge that. The space that you meet, enlarge that. Increase. And let the curtains of your habitations be stretched. Stretch our church, O oh Lord. Stretch our people. Stretch our faith. Stretch our understanding. Stretch us, O oh God. Let us get out of the uncomfortable zone. When you're growing, we stretch. Give us stretch marks. Do not hold back. Lengthen the cords. And strengthen your stakes deep down so they don't move. When the wind blows, the power of the Holy Spirit, we are anchored in God's word. And we're not blowing from the left or to the right. But we are solid ground. On solid, on solid ground we stand. On the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Let's expand the territory. Let's take off the blindfold. Let's see that com- the, the community as our church. Our church people who don't know God yet. The sinners who we love. And the sin that we come to fight against. We accept every person in here. And we ask God to change and mold every single person to eradicate sin from our lives. All of us included. It's not a perfect place. Right? And this is a place where we all have to deal with sin. I don't care who you are. That's the message of grace. And we teach the principle of being an overcomer to sin in our lives. Not on our strength or our effort, but through the power and effort of Jesus Christ on the cross. Increase us, oh God, that's our prayer. And I hope that this is our prayer too. Now let me just say, it's okay to pray that way for churches. And I know that we kind of get hung up on the mega church and, and we get hung up on numbers and we say, well, we don't want to be about numbers, which is true. We never want to be a church that just says, hey, this, we're all about numbers. We're counting people. That's incorrect. That's wrong. On the opposite side, it would be incorrect to say that numbers don't matter because they do. Every number represents a life, a life change, an experience with Christ, a, a, a deeper relationship with God, the Holy Spirit's movement. Each person represents a life, and we must be in increase. If we're not, we are not being effective. Being effective is not just staying the same. That's ineffective. Effective reaching our community. We must pray for increase. Expand our tent. Expand our territory. And we do that through faith and through prayer. And we do it the right way. That's keeping Jesus in the forefront. Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border. Second Corinthians 9.10 He who supplies 
Seed to the sower and bread for the food will supply and multiply, multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Again, our righteousness is identified with Christ. So he says, when he, I'm going I'm to increase the harvest of your righteousness. It's the righteousness that you have uh, uh, held on to of Jesus Christ. And people will come into a knowledge that they're not righteous on their own. But it's the righteousness that we represent to God himself. And that's Jesus. Pray for the increase. Again, it's not our efforts. 1 Corinthians 3. I, plant, I planted, Apollos watered. But God gave the growth. There's no efforts here that we want to do on our own to grow the church. We don't want to grow the church. We want God to grow. We want God's spirit to grow. We want God's name to be presented. We want God's name to, to change people's lives. Numerical growth is only a result of the spiritual growth that we're pursuing first. Spiritual growth, then numerical growth. We see that. No, Psalm 115, may the Lord give you increase. You and your children, may you be blessed by the Lord who made the heaven and the earth increase Lord Jesus let that be a prayer on our hearts and I'll just say if God didn't care about numbers he wouldn't have written the book called numbers it is important because we want people to come we want more people to come and we want to see an increase of that give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together running over will be put into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured back to you He's going to give an increase when we give, not just of our finances, of your voice, but of your talent, of your gifts that God has given you. Give it. We need it. The community needs it. Our friends, our neighbors, the people that we love, they need you. They need you to exercise what God has already given you. Pray for the soil that the, of people's hearts will be softened to that. Mark 4, 8, and all the seed, other seeds fell into good soil to produce grain. Good soil to produce. This is called discipleship making. We have them accept God as we present God. They accept because this, the, what God is doing in their hearts. And we don't just leave it there. We help that become something that is fruitful in their lives together. Growing up and increasing there it is again, and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold, producing. We are to be producing. Proverbs 16, 9, the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. We are just making a plan to go forward. We are making a, a, a strategic plan in this church specifically to move forward in a dynamic way, utilizing you and your gifts and your strengths. But we are asking God that he will establish this through his name. Like the Israelites, we have to have a plan so that we can move in unity and purpose. And there's four things as I'm closing up that we are going to be talking about after church today. About what this means for our strategy, specifically for our church, and what God has birthed in vision and given us into a new season of harvest for our church. And it's going to require all of us. That's just the mentality is that, hey, we're in this together, we're in agreement. Number one... The things that we're going to be moving forward is we want everybody to know God. We want everybody to know God. We want everybody to know God, even the people we don't like. Even the people that put on those political rants on Facebook. We want them to know God. 
But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord, Je- Lord Savior, Jesus Christ, as Second Peter. This is the first step. We want people to grow. We want people to know. We want people to understand. We want people to have faith. We want people to just discover more of God in their lives. We want people to know Him. Those who don't know Him yet, we want them to know God. Luke chapter 15 tells three stories of lost things. The lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. In all three stories they searched, and in all three stories they found, and in all three stories they celebrated. We're going to celebrate some victories, spiritual victories, spiritual success of your son, your daughter, someone's granddaughter or son that's going to come and know Jesus because of what you said, your inv- invitation, the times of prayer, because the harvest is right now. We get to celebrate that. We want everybody to know God. That's number one. Number two is our, is our purpose is for everyone to find freedom. There are a lot of people who are tied down to baggage in their lives and their past. It is holding them down. They're fighting a spiritual battle, and they don't have Christ with them. You know how hard spiritual battles are when you're a Christian? It's ten times more difficult when you don't have somebody to battle for you, and you're just doing it on your own. And people can't get rid of their past. It's impossible. As much as we try to ignore it, it won't happen. As much as we try and do a positive self-help, it won't happen. It's only Jesus Christ that will set you free. 100% free indeed. Take, take care of it. You can't get rid of the guilt on your own as much as you try and convince yourself. It's only the power of Jesus Christ that will do that. We want everybody to, fi- uh, to find freedom. And number three, we want people to discover their purpose. We want people to know what they're designed for and how to use that. There's two great days in your life, two great moments. The day that you were born and the moment you found out why you were born. We want people to know why they are here on planet Earth. God has called them to do something. Many people don't know what to do. People don't know what it is that God has called them. Us as a church, we want to help you find out what your purpose is, what God has designed you to be. And then we want to make a difference. We want to make a difference as a church. I want you to make a difference as an individual. I want us to make a a difference into our community. We want to make an impact. We don't come on Sunday morning just to say, yeah, I did the church thing. That's the difference I'm making. We want to make a profound difference. So when we come face to face with God, we could say, God, I did the best I could to make a difference. I strived for you. I told people about you. I took the opportunity. I, I found out. I took the hard work to discover how, what you made me for. I think it's important for us to know that the challenge is for every single one of us to make a difference. And you can. And stop saying that you can't because you can. Us as a church, we're moving in a place that gives you an opportunity to make a difference. In this place and in your life, together as one body, we're going to move forward in making a difference. All of this is going to be implemented through a tool, a discipleship tool called our growth track. Some of you have heard this and some of you have gone through the growth track. And this is a tool for us to say, hey, this is how we are going to make disciples. What I've just talked about is four principles that we want everybody to discover in their lives. 
Know God, find freedom, find purpose, and make a difference. This is what we want. And I'm going to discuss, we're going to, we're going to talk more about what this means, the growth track, uh, during our vision meeting today. This is just the introduction, but there's a great opportunity in front of us. We are primed, God has prepped us for now. Now is the time. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but now God is doing a new thing. He says, take off the blinders. Don't you see it? Yes, God, I see it. There are new things that are about to happen in your life. Powerful things that are going to happen in your life. And we are proactively going to pursue discipleship in a new way here at Northview Church. This is the biggest, most important shift that our church has made in the six years of existence. Today is the biggest change that we are making for the efforts of, of protecting our original goal of making disciples. Today, I can't express enough that today is a day that we are coming together to make something different in this church. It is powerful. It's going to be dynamic. It's going to equip you. It's going to empower you. And it's going to challenge you. This is a tipping point for our church. And when I say tipping point, let me just explain this before we close. Churches will come through points of growth. And it's almost like a dial. It comes up to here. And they're reaching a capacity. And at that capacity, they either stay there. And when that happens, when you stay here, you come into a fluctuating season of here, back and forth, and you don't grow from there. We have come to this point, and now we are increasing that capacity, that dial. So now what was here is back here, and now we're going to increase that from here. We need to make an increase. We need to make a shift and a change, not to do something different, but to protect what we set out to do six years ago. To protect relationships, to protect our goal of making disciples, and to m protect making the biggest impact into our community. Taking the challenge by faith and letting God move us and motivate us from one season to the next. We, we've been in through seasons of growth the entire period. It was a different season of growth from the park to the dance studio, from the dance studio to the building, from the building to two buildings, from two buildings to three buildings, from one service to two services. He has prepared us for this season now. It's just another step to protect the DNA of this church so we don't lose the heart of why we do what we do. Amen? So stick around because we got a lot to explore about the challenge that's in front of us and the blessings and the harvest that I believe that God has been speaking to my heart for the last year and a half is about to come. Amen? Let's stand together and let's just dedicate this time to God. I'm going to pray a prayer as a dedication just to intro this next phase. We always want to keep Christ at the center. It's Him. Always about Him and never about us. It's about our relationship with Him and our relationship with others. Let's pray. Father, as we are about to embark in a new journey with You, give us eyes to see. Give us eyes to see people the way that You see them. Give us the power and the influence of your Holy Spirit to operate outside of ourselves. 
Give us strength and endurance and perseverance. Give us love that changes people. Give us compassion. Give us understanding. Protect our unity here. Protect our family. Empower us. Empower our speech, our actions. Guide our motivations. Help us, oh God, to see with great vision in our hearts. Let this place be truly a sanctuary. A safe place where people can find refuge and covering because of your name that is here. Forgive us in any area of this church in our history where we have neglected to point back praise to you. We want to bring honor to you, O God. These next few months and years, we're asking for your complete provision your protection as we take steps forward to pursue you God we want to make disciples help us to advance the kingdom for you fight battles that we cannot fight give us the spirit of authority the spirit the spirit of you we ask you god to allow us to get out of the way so that you can move direct our steps and establish them in this community we thank you for your blessing us we will always shoot praise to you. In Jesus' name we said together. Amen. Amen. Let's just give God a round of applause.